What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Becoming the 1% Podcast. My esteemed and powerful guest today is Josh Shama Styles. You're going to love this. We talk about barefoot wear. We talk about the benefits that it's going to have on you, your training, your health, all of the alignments of your knees, your hips, your back, everything. You guys have seen me wearing these things. Everyone keeps asking me about them. Hopefully after this episode, they'll never ask me again. Enjoy. All right. What's Sweet. up, Josh? How you doing, buddy? Welcome. Doing good. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. It's uh, pretty awesome to be out here in, in Arizona, man. Thanks for making the trip with the whole family. Yeah. Seriously. That's incredible. You guys came here in a whole, uh, not a camper, a, like a trailer. A trailer. And a, the puppy and everybody. Yeah. So, like, that's a first for us, actually. Um, us too. We, we definitely um, have traveled a lot. Uh, you know, just around the Western United States and stuff, but we usually just load up our expedition. We got a skybox, and I like to just bomb on the freeways. <laughs> and I don't like to be slowed down on the interstate. And so, but this time we're like, let's give it a try, and we're gonna make us. We just decided we gotta go. I gotta go to Arizona. Let's make it a family spring break kind of thing. And nice. So we're gonna hit up Sedona. We're gonna go to Grand Canyon, and That's you know, awesome. do all that kind of stuff. Awesome. And you know what? Honestly, this year in California, I tapped. <laughs> It's not going to really you're, make you're a good, big point in California. Um, we've just had a really harsh winter. Really? What part Re of California are you in? Uh, I'm in Santa Cruz. So it's just think the Monterey Bay, just 80 yes. miles south of San Francisco yeah. in the better Bay. I'll yeah. just put it like yeah, that. It's much better. The, the less homeless doo-doo Bay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's less syringy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Though we have a lot of it, but also I just prefer, it's a little warmer. I think, but it's still cold right now. You've had a harsh winter, and it, I think we, every we week. both have technically, right? I mean, Arizona had a long. It's, it's still like, somewhat cold in the mornings, which is nuts. It's yeah. like sixty degrees today. Mm -hmm. Is that like normal for Phoenix? No, no, because no. no. I'm pretty sure the basketball team has a sun over there. Yeah. <laughs> <they're local>. yeah. <laughs> Typically, by I would say, honestly, probably the end of March or the beginning of May. We or or excuse me, the beginning of April, we usually hit nineties. Oh, it's yeah. usually gone, and so this little extended grace period is actually we kind of like it. For a while, it was not so great, but now it's nice because yeah. it's gonna get there. We're well, hit my the wife and I, we went on a little four mile run today, and we outside of the KOA, and um, you know that's how I travel really extravagantly in a trailer, yeah. and I go to KOAs. But uh, we did a little run four miles, and I thought, man, I could bring a sweater today. Yeah, it's like it was that cold, so. Yeah. So Sedona, you're gonna hit the Grand Canyon. Are you are you guys you're gonna do hiking? I assume you're gonna do uh, yeah, all sorts of trails. Do a little hiking and um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll get to run a little bit more. Yeah, I, I really enjoy running at some of the places I travel. I think over the years, I see I'm 43 now, and I think the older I get, the worse I travel. Like I'll go on planes and I'm like my feet swell up and stuff like that just from sitting in sure. one place for a long time. Yeah, and there's that like. There's kind of this uh, acclimatizing you know, thing that has to happen for me on a trip. And one of the ways that has really, things that's really helped me over the years is just to go on a run when I get somewhere. Mm. You know, let the blood flow and like breathe, sweat. It's good for you. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I, Rogan says. He does a workout whenever he gets somewhere. And that's the best way for him to acclimate to a okay. new place. So, yeah. I gave him that advice. <laughs> first, <laughs> yeah, first thing you always should do when you're going somewhere is find out where 
where's the nearest gym? Where's the nearest place I can go do something? Because yeah, yeah you don't want to, the vacation kind of, I think it's a bad rep because people go on vacation and they just do nothing. Yes. They just don't work out. They just go and they sit and in a cabana eat. or eat. And that's <laughs> it. And you feel terrible afterwards. Yeah. I, I know I do. It's And again, the older I get, the more sensitive I am to it. Like breaking out of like my little routines or eating the food that, that I know is like good for me. And, and you, you get in a car and like you don't know what. Like yesterday, we thought we'd be here at five. We ended up here at eight. You know, we had a couple stops and you're eating weird food and, you know, you're off of your, your diet and all that. And then things just start stacking up in there. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, the so, run, the run helps. So you're running, you're obviously being an active person. Is that what started Shama Sandals? What in the world made you decide to go into such an aggressive barefoot wear niche of the market? Yeah, uh, probably foolishness started it all. But um, okay. if we take one step back from foolishness, the idea came from um, I was playing softball. Uh, I was playing in this men's slow pitch league. I was around, I was about 30 at the time. And, you know, I was stacking on weight. I wasn't huge or anything, but I was probably like 215. I'm about 195 right now. And you know, I just figured this is what you do. You, you know, you go to, you get bigger pants and you like kind of have this like little fluff dad bod, little dad bod. Were and, you a dad at the time at 30? Uh, I was, I was a dad at 28. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, but it wasn't really having a kid. It was just me making poor choices and caring less and less about moving and stuff. I mean, I was doing construction at the time. Yeah. Um, I was also in seminary. So I, uh, I went to Western seminary for a while, uh, earned a couple degrees there, actually one in marriage and family therapy and one uh, master's in marriage and family therapy and a master's in uh, biblical theology. Wow. Yeah. So while I was doing that, I guess I was stacking on weight and in order to, while I was at school, I was doing construction. So that uh -huh. was like how I kind of got through it. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I was just getting heavier and I was playing softball and I didn't really, I just thought this is the direction I was going. I like playing softball, but I'm getting older and it hurts more to move all the time. Right. Because you didn't, was it, I mean, okay. So you're not, not like, and this is the weird thing. Okay. How old are you, Brandon? I'm 32. You're 32. Yeah. Okay. Like you're noticing that maybe things don't work quite as well as they used to. No, you're better than they used to. Okay. Cause yeah. you're doing such a good job taking care of yourself. I'm, 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 I'm in the best shape now than I've ever been. I, I couldn't do stuff that I can do now when I was in my twenties. Okay. Well, you're a rare, you're like an outlier, right? I hope every morning <laughs> he wakes up and pisses excellence. It's a, <laughs> 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 I'm the best okay. there is, plain so, and simple. <laughs> so you're an, I, I swear you're an outlier. Just look around, man. Have you been to Walmart lately? It's, I have, I okay. have. And, and, and what it's I always, all excellence. I, cause I get this, I get this a lot, obviously, whenever anyone in the health industry, your clients are always in their forties. They're always, it's the same yeah. story every time. I hit 40. I'm realizing things don't bounce back like they did. Yeah. I think it's just my age. I've lost my testosterone. I've lost it. And usually yeah. there's a big list of reasons why they think that happened. Yeah. Usually the biggest indicator of whether or not you're going to hit those problems is not what people think. In my opinion, it's time management. Yeah. You're not really all that much older than you were at 34 or 35 when yeah. you're 40. But sure. you have usually a new laundry list of responsibilities that come with kids and come with job. Usually by the time you've hit 40, you've got a career, not a job. You've got responsibilities, not, you know, sort of hobbies. Yeah. You now feel 
the burden of being an actual man. And with that, I think people have a real problem prioritizing their health. Sure. And on top of that, you've probably got a lot of bad habits that have been stacking up over time, whether it's drinking, smoking, or whatever. That oh, if yeah. you if you it. have those, then it makes it worse. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. You maybe you don't even have those. You don't. You, maybe you're somebody who never drank or never smoked. You just don't. You haven't made exercise a. It's it's like, for me, it's not an option. Like for me, training yeah. is a must do in the day. If it's like, it, it, it takes priority over a lot of other things yeah. that frankly, a lot of other people would put before it. Yeah. And that to me is what I try to implement with the clients, especially my clients that are over 40 is like, okay, you know, you have this, you're crushing it in this area. You've got the family, you've got four kids. Maybe you've got a, a thriving business. You've got you've at least a thriving business enough to come and talk to me. Yeah. That's pretty good. So now we need to shift your mindset, which is usually the hardest part of the whole thing. Exercise really isn't that hard. It's a lot harder to get your mindset around the idea yeah. of being committed to something like that when you haven't been for so long. For me, so like what I did when I hit that moment, well, I'll, the reason I, I'll tell you why in a second, but for me, like I fell in love with barefoot or minimalist running like mm -hmm. at around 30 years old. Hmm. Um, and so I wanted Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to now take that and um, somehow incorporate it into what I do in my life and that's why I started Shama. that's one of the reasons I started Shama because I wanted to be close to it because mm -hmm. I wanted to stay healthy and be able to move you know and and yes I do think that for me um, you know being involved in this business and and making uh, running a priority I've run at least a thousand miles a year for the last you know over a decade and some years wow. some years a lot more <laughs> yeah um but that's just like the the low end i'll at least get 20 miles a week at least wow. and like last last week i ran 27 miles you know it's a marathon every week but yeah. and i'll do in i've in any case i've made it a priority i've mm -hmm. incorporated it it's hard to do though because i have a lot of stuff going on yeah and um, responsibilities responsibilities and, yeah. or or again, you know, things that people don't consider, like it could be really good. So I did construction for years and it's like, you know, you throw your bag on and you, you know, you're lumping uh, two by fours and two by uh, 12s and mm -hmm. beams and all this stuff and you're climbing, you got saws and you're working, but you know, you can bring on, um, you know, weird repetitive motion uh, injuries or, yep. you know, there's just a lot of stuff where you're unbalanced. like. I just have been doing an addition on my house. And so I dropped my normal, I kept the running, but I stopped doing my push ups and my pull ups for a few months mm -hmm. just to like, you know, I had a lot going on, right? Yeah. But then I found myself having these weird injuries from, I, I put up like 150 um, balusters, I guess they're called, the little sticks on my, on my rail. And like I'm putting my arm and it was like in this high spot. So like I was pulling with one arm and, driving the screw gun with the other like mm -hmm. like a machine for days yeah and i had these weird you 150 know, times yeah and i'm 43 so i swear to you i don't bounce back as fast i probably should have gotten in a cold tub or whatever <laughs> no time for that but um it, it just hits you differently and i'm not saying i in some ways i feel better than i ever have mm -hmm. so and i even said this on a um on a little um uh, we do this i do this thing called run with us you know it's, um it, you know, I'll, I'll just go on a run and we'll film it and I'll just talk into the Go, uh, GoPro and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel better running than I did when I was 30. 
Yeah. I could tell you that much. Yeah. So it's possible. I'm not saying it, you know, you're done when you get. No, I think specifically, and I've encountered this not a ton, but I have in the past. People with what I like to call high intensity activity demanding jobs. Yeah. Construction's a perfect example. Oh, yeah. You're active throughout the day in your job. You're lifting, you're walking, you're always on your feet. And those are all really good things. The problem is it's a long, it's basically long, slow, steady state cardio throughout the entire day where you're pretty much just kind of, you know, burning calories consistently. You're not training. You're not, you know, dealing with the injuries that will come from overuse. And, you know, if someone says, hey, let's pick up that pallet, that pallet's 175 pounds. All right, well, let's just do it. I can't warm up before (laughs) I do that. I just have to go pick that up. If you're not training, to counterbalance that kind of a high intense activity as a job. Yeah. yeah you are going to end up injured. You're going to get, that's how people get hurt. Totally. And it's very tough because you don't oftentimes have the energy to then go to the gym and train after eight hours of lifting pallets and installing beams. Oh and stuff. yeah. Or you fall. Like I fell one time and I wish my wife was here. She'd just start laughing. It was like her favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm kind of worried about that. Like I know it'll just be a pillow you know, one night (laughs) when I'm not strong enough to resist anymore. But, um, I was on the back of the house. We were doing, I've always been like, that's what you do. If you're a construction guy, you just work on your house. Right. And it's never done. No. So I was working on this, the back of our house and I was standing on a six foot ladder and it was like on a hill and I've gotten away with stupid stuff like this so many times, but this time the hill, the weight, I was reaching too high and it just disappeared the ladder from underneath me. And I was like floating through the sky. My my wife was walk, watching out the back window and she just saw me disappear. <laughs> I landed on my left shoulder and it was like, I, I must have torn or oh. cracked the, the labrium, right? Is yeah. that what it's called? I'm sure, it's yes. It's that harder cartilage. Yeah. And I was just like, oh gosh, I was messed up. And like, but it's good. Like, yeah. I'm doing good. That when was, when probably, was this? That was 10 years ago. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Wasn't last week. It was ten years yeah. ago. <laughs> I've been doing more pull. Like last, as an example, last year I did in the summer. I just started upping my pull up game. We had a pull up bar at work. Yeah. What kind of strength training do you do to sort of counter off all that cardio that you do? Um, I just literally just pull ups and push ups. I'll do some for my shoulder. I will do some like it's like the uh, with the rings, like some front face. Uh, let's see, pulls like that. I really, oh, okay. I really like that for my shoulder. I hate all this lifting stuff. Okay, uh, so you, yeah, so you don't do like a not a bodybuilding routine or a strength no, training routine. You no. calisthenics is more mostly, what you're mostly calisthenics. Uh, I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went from doing like, and I, and I'm the kind of guy that will do. I want my number of push-ups, and I'll get that by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'm on my sewing machine a lot of the day. The last few years, 10 yeah. years, and then I'll just break, get up and go knock out some push-ups or knock out some pull-ups. But I was able to take my pull-ups from like 60 in a day to uh-huh. like 120. And it was like, yeah, those are just like good numbers. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. But, my, but I felt good doing it. And right. That to me is like very important. When when you started, uh, so before the sandal came, uh-huh. were you running barefoot? No. Okay. Okay. What were you running in? I wasn't running. The only time I would run is my buddy said this. Um, I had this buddy. He looked like Brock Lesnar, huge guy. And uh, we played softball together and uh, he hit some of the longest homers. Like they were major league homers with a softball. <laughs> and he uh, he's like, the only time I like to run is when I'm chasing a ball. 
And I'm like, yes, that's me. That's me too. I loved soccer. I loved football. Like my whole life, even till into my 30s, we would, you know, after church, we would go and play two-hand touch for hours. Sure. Um, a lot of fun. So, and, and so when I did start the barefoot thing, I was playing softball. But again, I'm just kind of getting a little heavier, a little fluffier. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm out at the softball field one night. And this was the the year that the Giants um, first won the World Series, like in 2010, I guess. Okay. What it, or 2011. I can't. I think it's 2010. It was even years. And um, and we're out there in the men's league. And this guy is playing center field. And he's wearing what I thought were booties. Because we're in Santa Cruz. You know, everyone surfs. Sure. And But this was a really competitive league you know yeah. everyone there was head played high school or college yeah they're wearing cleats I they're assume. wearing cleats yeah, right yeah, we're yeah. diving i'm ready to run into this chain link link fence and come back go to work injured the next day or whatever right <laughs> yeah and uh and he's out there wearing these booties and then so i looked into it and it turned out he was wearing vibram five fingers yeah and so i looked into it i'm like well what's up with this you know why would he be doing this and so um Again, if you play any sports or you lift weights or whatever you do, it's mm-hmm. always technique. Technique is so important, yeah. right? And so the whole idea was, well, maybe you don't actually need an inch and a half of padding angled from you know your back heel yes. you know, down to the front of your foot. Nice big hill. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, duh. Yeah. We don't need all that stuff. And no. you're telling me- We didn't a- run on that stuff for thousands of years. <laughs> we ran on sandals. On sandals and before that, barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We haven't run on an elevated heel. We've only been doing that since maybe, like if you could look up the first Nike Cortez. Did you see that? The, the They're making that movie about Air? Air, the yeah. Air Jordan. It looks yeah. cool. It does. Um, it I, does highlight the marketing behind shoe wear though. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, Actually, I do need to watch it for that very reason. Yeah. I would rail on any you know, marketing, you know, shoe marketing. It's like the marketing is driving the, um, it's driving the product. Yeah. And it's creating problems intentionally so that you continuously stay in those types of shoe wear. I'll let you say that it's intentional and I'm not going to disagree with you and I'm not going to agree with you, I guess. Oh, I, wink, I think wink. it's very, I think it's very <laughs> intentional. And I think it's a great, it's a great marketing campaign that look, you're not forcing anybody to buy these. I'm just going to make them really cool. I'm going to put Michael Jordan in them. Everybody will buy them and they'll never not wear them ever again. And they, their uh, feet are messed up. And they a hundred percent know that, 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 um, the, the, the padding in the back or the raised heel yeah. is not helping anybody. Right. So, well, that was Bowerman. Um, that one doesn't actually look that bad. No, no. That so, looks somewhat flat. So that was like in this, I think, what, I don't know when it came out, like the 72, 72, I think. Okay, it's there you go. So it came out and Bowerman and Phil Knight, I can't remember exactly how they got together, but uh, Phil Knight or Bowerman was the coach at Oregon, uh-huh. like Prefon- Mike Prefontaine, all these like historic track teams. Sure. And the basic idea there was... Um, Bowerman got in, he went to like Australia or New Zealand and he had a friend there and his friend had started this movement of like recreational running, what we call jogging. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, he, uh, he told actually the guy who taught him to jog said, you know what, actually you shouldn't be running on your heel. And Bowerman was trying to get people to run on their heel because he thought you could like elongate your stride. Right. By running heel first, heel first, and putting your heel out there, it 
by a little more cushioning could let you run farther out and it would, you know, make it more efficient or you faster or whatever. Interesting. That okay. was kind of the concept, which is insane. And the guy who <laughs> talked to him was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. But Bowerman came to running or jogging like way later in life. And so then, you know, once this idea hit, but this is kind of an old idea of a heel. So what I want to say is it's a, it's a way deeper concept, this raised heel, like in our society with footwear. Mm -hmm. So we've had a heel, a raised heel probably since the middle ages in some cases. And the reason you would do that, or it might not be the middle age. Yeah. Because you're trying to get out of the muck and the poop that's in the street from the mm. horses and things like that. So in Western civilization, we've kind of raised our shoes in order to, you know, avoid some of the filth that's on the ground. Okay. So it's not like totally foreign to us to see a heel, right? And then most people, in my opinion, I know I was like this. I had never for a want, for a moment questioned that you should have padding under your heel because you're going to land on your heel, right? We land on our heel and that's how we run. Sure. And sure, it'd be better to have some foam than, than to not have foam mm -hmm. under my heel. It, it, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's just part of the paradigm, our worldview almost. I mean, it's, it's like kind of deep in our psyche. Yeah. Someone told us that once and you kind of just believed it and you always wore those shoes and you never, and frankly also there wasn't, like Vibrant Five Finger, yeah, they've been out for a little while. Yeah. But it wasn't like they've been out for, you know, a hundred years as the no. second option. Like this is sort of a new-ish. It, it, it's not new. It's ancient. But it's had a resurgence in the last like 15 years or so where sure. now Barefoot Wear, there's so many companies, you know, Vivio, yours, Vibram, they're all kind of it's catching on a lot more. And I think the health professionals are really driving that. I think I'm so stoked that the health professionals are driving it because – Man, um, yes, now we're on to a new topic. But yes, I think it's wonderful that the health professionals are driving it because people are coming to people like yourself for training. Mm -hmm. And then now they're like, well, you know, I've got all these aches and pains and ailments and this and that. And then health professionals have been, the, the point is you, when you're exercising, when you're working out, when you're focused on your diet and all of that, mm -hmm. you want to know the truth. Yeah. Why, you know, you know, why am I gaining weight? Why am I having trouble with this exercise or movement? And so you think about it. That's like one of the great, that is the great thing that people do. Like we can think mm -hmm. and we can, you know, um, kind of uh, decipher what we're doing and how we're interacting with our environment. And then we can make choices uh, about that that are going to affect our health. So yeah, I got the, into barefoot wear out of necessity. I had, I, I had a bad plantar fasciitis in both my feet. I had to go to the doctor. He, 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 and, and what's funny is the doctor actually did the reversal of what ended up being the solution to the problem. What he did was he goes, okay, I'm going to give you these really big, thick raised heels inserts. You're going to put them in your shoes. It's going to make your thick heel even thicker. Now you're walking around like Tom Cruise with a big <laughs> yeah. heel on. Her, was and it you're gonna uh, be Dr. Scholl? Uh, I mean, don't I'm, say names. We're going to talk names. I, I don't, I don't I'm joking. That's the name of the soul. That's oh, really got it. Real <laughs> quick, real, keep your train of thought. But everyone watch the last scene from Jerry Maguire when Tom Cruise runs out 
onto the like to meet Renee Zellweger. He's like on that grass, like the hill. Is he wearing big? His boots are so big. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Whenever I watch him now, I will watch. I like I stop looking at him, but I just look at his. Well, he shoes. started. Yeah, he started doing that in the '80s when he realized yeah. that all his actresses were taller than him. And he now when he does pictures, oh, him next to Nicole Kidman is the wackiest thing ever. Anytime they took photos together, he'll, he'll they sometimes put blocks under his feet. <laughs> he's a giant. She's he, a giant woman. She's big. She's yeah, really she's big. not. She's like five eleven, but oh, he's yeah. like five six. What are you going to do, man? It's like, yeah, you're short. I'm sorry. You're little. But I got into this out of necessity. I was in pain. I really had, and I, I, I didn't start with Shama Sandals. Yeah. Shama Sandals was kind of the finish line for me. Yeah. But I, I first heard about Vivio and I was like, okay, I mean, you know, you got me in these inserts. Things are getting worse. They're not getting better. Yeah. I could barely walk. I was wearing, um, I was wearing uh, Trail Masters uh, by Nike when I was hiking. I was wearing Yeezys when I would like go out or just you'll go on the town. And I was wearing um, uh, some variation of like Adidas when I would train clients. But all of them were like this. It was like walking on a marshmallow all, yeah. all the time. Oh yeah. And my feet were just when I would wake up in the morning. Every morning were chronically yeah. in pain. Then I found barefoot wear. I, I I think, honestly, it might have been Mark. It might have been Mark Bell. A lot of my stuff kind of trickles down from yeah, him. Yeah. But he was first introducing this as an alternative to foot pain and for cramping. And he said, look, you know, oftentimes you get a misdiagnosed with your arch thinking, oh, I have a I have an insignificant arch. I need to get this big insert in order to compensate for that. When, in fact, that's kind of the opposite. If you if you treat it like any other muscle in your body, if you're like, okay, I have a I have a bum knee yeah i shouldn't wear a knee brace for the rest of my life no. i should rehab strengthen and continue and i should overtrain that bad area so it gets stronger and gets ready for the everyday activity absolutely it's the same thing for your feet so that led me down the path to barefoot wear and i and really vivio was i think i was probably in them for maybe only a month and a half two months uh -huh. before i found shama sandals and that really for me was uh you know i think this also came from Ensema. He sent them my way. He's like, hey, check these out. And then that kind of is where it stopped. As yeah. soon as I started wearing these, immediately, not immediately, I'd say within one week, my pain went away. My, I would say my, I say my pain shifted yeah. because when you start wearing these, and this is yes. what I tell, I, I kind of coined the concept of um, footwear periodization. Yeah. When my client, because now I, I, I'm not kidding you. And you've seen the comments because I always tag you. <laughs> More people ask me what are on my feet than any other question like ever. It used yeah. to be what steroids are you running or how much did all that <laughs> shit cost. Now it's what is on your feet. And I always tell them and then they always, okay, so should, should I just get into it? I should start hiking in it. And I tell people you should get them and just start wearing them first. Yeah. Wear them and get used to them for yeah. let's say 30 days. Your feet are like the rest of the muscles in your body. If, if you've never deadlifted and you just go and grab 200 pounds off the ground, you're probably going to be sore the next day. Do it in intervals. Do it in increments and watch it get strong, stronger over time. Now, I know you're not a fan of pop culture at all, but yeah. it's a little bit like uh, Neo in the Matrix. Oh, the love, Matrix, right? Yeah. He gets out of his little pod and he's like ready to run around and he does no muscles. He just falls yeah, over. and he probably fall, falls over. Yeah, he's, yeah, and your feet have atrophied over time if you have worn no, if yeah. you've worn those shoes your whole life, your feet are not prepared to go hike the Grand Canyon in <laughs> yeah. sandals. Yeah. Your feet will 
throb. I mean, they get sore. Yeah. yeah. Like your arches are like anything else. Your feet. Do you remember the first week when you wore Shama sandals and nothing else? I, I remember the first month I wore Shama sandals and then I went back into these narrow Adidas's that I played pickleball in. Oh, yeah. And I played about four or five games and we were standing around a campfire that night and I had my sandals back on, and the bottom of my feet would just start, like, firing off. Yeah. I almost fell over, like, three or four times. And it was my feet just adapting to being splayed out for the first time, like oh, they yeah. should be. And so going back to normal footwear, very difficult from Shamas. So, well, that kind of leads me back, I think, to the first up. I, just before we left the Cortez, that was the first with anything raised in the back. Was was that shoe? That shoe. Okay. Yeah. There was not, I mean, as far as a running shoe, excuse mm-hmm. me. So before that, our whole history of running had was been flat, flat footed, flat footed, flat and thin yeah. and like non-existent. And like Vibram says, your feet are the technology. They your are. foot is the technology. Your, I, I'm, you know, I'm starting to change my thinking on this a little bit, but imagine, you know, because of Boston dynamics, which absolutely terrifies me. Um, I <laughs> think robotics. we need to, let's just, <laughs> let's all get together. Let's just sign a little agreement. No more AI. <laughs> And no more robots because those two together are coming after us. You've seen the movies. I even saw James Cameron recently. Oh, we've gone too far. No kidding. Yeah, man. Because there's just a little dog, right? Have you seen the little dog? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, have have you seen seen the one synchronized where there's hundreds of them? Well, have you seen just the one where the little dog's at the shooting range with with the gun? With the, you know, AR 15 on. And he's just like, boom, 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 just drilling shots. (laughs) Just hitting the target, target, target. I'm fine with robots from if you've seen Rocky uh, 4. Remember uh, um, Rocky's cousin living with them and he gets a robot. You need to look up the Rocky Four one. The robot and Rocky. Things 4. really have come from. Look at that thing. It like takes a drink to him or something like that. I could beat that robot. This thing. <sighs> yeah, you're not gonna beat that in anything. No. The thing will outrun you, outfight you, out, <laughs> it'll out outthink you now too. This one right here. And it's gonna have a gun on it. Oh, it's nuts. It has it's come not a long good. way. <laughs> I was just watching Rocky in the last year. It like has a radio and it turns its head. It's Paul. Yeah, he takes the drink to Polly. These are the kind of robots we need. That's I'm fine with these. Yeah. Hey, Polly, what's up? Here's a soda. Can barely move. I could kick it over. Exactly. Maybe it can vacuum the room, but that's about it. I can run away from it if I need to. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? But uh, anyways. But uh, so going back to the like where I got into it. So. I was playing softball. I saw this and it was like, it's just a light came on. And to me, a good idea has depth, right? It's not it, an, a great idea. doesn't have just like, you know, a one application. It just, it has more applications than you realize. And then the more you research this idea and consider it, um, you know, it has numerous, uh, it has depth to it. And, mm-hmm. and you find that you're just unearthing something that that's like always been there uh, and so that was the thing with, with barefoot. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I have all of this equipment, you know, below, <laughs> below my ankle that I'm not using. And I'm finding out there's this incredible history of, of uh, barefoot. I read born to run, you know, yeah. like in that same, oh, yeah. in that Me same, too. like few months span. And I, I ran out in there and the first thing I did was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And I need to unlock this thing. Basically <clears throat> I need to start using it. And it doesn't take long to realize that you need to be making this change. I mean, if you're yeah. wearing normal shoes, not barefoot shoes, and you take your shoes off at the end of the day and you walk around on the tile, your feet hurt. 
Yeah. Like, oh, my feet hurt just walking around for 10 minutes after, with no shoes on. But, That's not good. But you got to do it. You got to take your shoes off as much as possible. And so I started running around and I was hooked on this thing and I found myself like ripping the insoles out of my shoes. I had, you know, did you ever get, I used to get moccasins for, from this store called Mervyn's. Remember Mervyn's? No, I don't. It was no. in California. Okay. It's gotcha. just like a department store. It was Kohl's. Okay. I mean, like it was like what we had for Kohl's. My mom would get these things for Christmas for us. And I had some, you know, it was from a Christmas present and they had a, this like plastic layer that of a sole that was like, you know, a couple millimeters thick. And I ripped the insole out and I ran on West cliff drive in Santa Cruz. That's like our beautiful, like everyone goes running there. It's like five miles on the, on the cliff steamers (laughs) lane is there. And I'm an idiot. there running in moccasins, you know, but I, I just like, I had to do this thing. I had to make this change. And, and so then, um, I bought some vibrant five fingers and I was running in those and loving it. And I was making a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. I, I knew it was better. I wasn't quite sure how it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's like, like I've been thinking about this podcast coming up. Like what could I tell or communicate to people that there's this subjective truth, you know, that, that the barefoot thing is the better thing. It is natural. And we have lots of anecdotes, but like what's the truth of it? In any case, you were talking about how when you first started running barefoot, Mm-hmm. you had this massive, you know, there's like pains in your feet and all that stuff. There's a transitional period. There's yep. a transitional period for probably like four to six months. My calves were just like on fire Uh-huh. and I have strong calves to begin with. Yeah. I already did. But what you're doing, I want to tell people is that if you have, and I could go into this a little bit longer too, but Basically, when you're go- when you're landing on your heel or closer to your heel, you're cutting out your foot, like your foot. Now, your foot has something that's really valuable. It's an arch. Mm-hmm. It's more than just an arch, but the whole foot is kind of like flexible, malleable. It has all these tendons, muscles, ligaments, and people can land anywhere from just behind the big toe, mm-hmm. right? And you actually r- land on the outside of the foot yeah. because we pronate. And the funny thing is you go into a running store, you're a pronator. We got to put, we got to put a big, you know, arch support in there. Cause you're going to pronate. We got to stop that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But the whole thing is pronation is literally your hand, your, I mean, your foot loading, it's loading energy. It's preparing for impact with the ground. Mm-hmm. And so if you were running out towards the front of your foot, you might've experienced this phenomenon. You might've hated to run five miles in your trainers and, and Brandon, I'm thinking of you, especially like you might've hated that and your feet were starting to hurt at 30. But if you went sprinting to play softball or soccer while you're out there on the field, you felt okay. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because you were actually landing on the front of your foot. You were engaging the whole foot and your soccer cleats, if you're using them, had no arch support. Right. But yeah, they were flat surface with spikes. It wasn't like you had this big running shoes. Yeah. Running shoes in general in modern mainstream, I think may be the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. So what happens is that whole thing, if you have, if you're landing on your heel, all you have to absorb the shock is the foam and then whatever bend you can accomplish in your, um, knee your your calf and your you know, basically your calves and your quads and yeah. hamstrings you're so barely flexing and extending you you're have barely one, doing it you have one spring but if you run with your if with your foot and you're landing in the mid the front forefoot or the middle of the foot now you've incorporated a second um a, a second shock absorber mm-hmm. and it actually does in the form of your arch in the form of your arch and 
you know, I'll just say the front of your foot too. Cause think about your foot. It can, yeah, it can bend. Yeah. Um, there's this incredible, there's this book I've been reading. It's called, uh, tread lightly. Um, this guy, it, no one has heard of it. Um, you gotta send it to me. Sure. And, uh, I'll even give you a copy of it when, after the show. Yeah. Um, and this guy, one of the guys, he was, he's, a. I forget exactly his position. He's like a scientist guy, a professor at St. Anselm college. Mm -hmm. And he actually co-authored this book with, um, this guy that you, it was part of the natural running center. His name's Bill Katowski. And he was actually one of our, um, marketing uh, helpers or oh, okay. guys like back in the day, he passed away a number of years ago. He's friends with Mark Kukazella, natural running center. It's a great resource for anybody, but, um, where was it going with this story? I, I'm starting to, okay. Anyways, but basically, you know, you have this shock absorber that we're not using. And so the cost to it, like there, there is a cost. And so when you start running a minimalist, now you don't have that padding under your heel. You can't, simply just jam your straight leg into the ground yeah right and, and and so now you have to go more towards the front of the foot and what what that's going to do is now it's going to take some of that load and it's going to transfer it from like your quads uh, down to your calves mm -hmm. and so your calves and your feet they're all going to have to pick up some of that slack but okay that's what i wanted to say so they he he has this little portion in the book where there he shows this runner from Kenya. This guy's never run with shoes on in his whole life. And it's so slight <laughs> the difference. But what he does is as he's running, when you're running on this, I almost want to stand up to show you guys, but I can't. But so your leg, imagine this is like my foot. Here's my leg. And when you lift up your foot, this is called dorsiflexion. Mm -hmm. So you dorsiflex your foot as you as you lift your knee. And, you know, you lift it over rocks and whatever, and then it comes back down around at the end. Now, he kind of, the angle that he was at with his foot, I can't do it with my arm right here. It's it's like less than 45 degrees or more greater than 45 degrees. And so he's basically searching for a smooth landing point. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you're flying a plane. You want the angle. You don't want to just go straight in the ground. You're just going to crash all three wheels. You're going to go nose, then the tail. Yeah. And you're going to, that's a good analogy. And you're going to do whatever you can to like match that angle. If you're a snowboarder and you go off a jump, you want to land like at the same angle as the backside of the ramp. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing that with your feet. If you do not have shoes on, you will do that or you will pay the consequences of an mm -hmm. injured heel. Yeah. So what happens is the more padding you put back there, the farther back you land and the less you care about the landing there's an it it, 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 gets, it cuts off your it cuts off your mind to body connection as well i've noticed a yeah. lot more power from my stride and from my time i mean i'm faster inside of these oh, shoes yeah. you're a lot more conscious of where you're stepping and the way in which you're moving just i think naturally like like just basic biology if you if you know that okay i'm in an open-toed shoe i don't have all this protection i can't just run straight up this mountain not look at the ground not care where i'm going for me i'm a much more conscious runner especially if you're hiking if you're on the street in in running just distance on flat ground maybe not quite so much you'll get into your rhythm you won't be quite as kind but for me with my activity because i'm a hiker it's much much more conscious oh yeah of an activity 
than it was inside of like Wild Horse Trail Nike, where I just, again, I had three inches of cushion on my foot and I just go. Didn't care if I bumped into anything, didn't care if I, so yeah, it, it's definitely, definitely better. It's a better uh, experience inside well, of the barefoot. And then if you consider too, like I used, I've used this analogy for years. I don't know if it's the best analogy, but you know, if you have your, your car, like one of the great sins you can have with your car is that your your front tires are out of alignment, mm-hmm. right? You know, oh, we found out they're out of alignment, so you're going to be burning up your tires, you know, so they always want to align your tires. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, what are they asking you to do? If they're not perfectly straight, then one tire's going this way, another one's going that way, and you've changed the alignment, you're going to burn up your tires if you're off by like a 16th of an inch. Mm-hmm. But you have this incredible, um, you know, our bodies are so incredible, right? They're, they're so capable of moving and all that kind of stuff, but now we're going to change their alignment by three quarters of an inch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and then we're going to think that's not going to impact anything. You know, if you like cars, if you know anything about engines, like change one of the push rods on an old V8, right? A quarter of an inch mm. while the rest stay the same. See how that works for your engine. Mm. You know, you'd be like blowing smoke out the back. The timing would be off. You know, nothing would work right. Right. You know, our, our, so one of the things that barefooting does or minimalist does, it just, if you just stand tall, not overly tall, but like at a relaxed, confident tall, maybe like, um, you know, with your shoulders back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just like this comfortable, confident spot. Now you are in your alignment and that's where your body, all the parts are in the right spot. They can move properly. They can oh, yeah. function properly. Your hips will align. I, I had, I had issues with, <laughs> I had issues with knees. I had issues with hips and low back, yeah. all of which have been mitigated or helped from switching my footwear. And I wear this kind of stuff all the time anywhere I go now. Yeah. It's not just, and, and my feet don't hurt. They don't hurt anymore. After every single hike, I used to have to come back immediately and jump in the ice bath because my feet would hurt, my knees would hurt, my hips would hurt. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way that it was. And I just sort of accepted it. I'm like, well, Camelback's hard. I'm 30. This is sort of the way that it is now. Now it's not. Think about that experience and you're somebody that's in good health you're somebody that actually cares about your health mm-hmm. like a lot think about if that cascading effect or the ripple effect throughout society in terms of i mean you look around and people are struggling to move yeah, yeah. and if your feet hurt i don't care how you know how good your cardio oh, it's is crippling it's crippling yes and so when i again that's kind of like the part of the depth aspect this mm-hmm. idea has incredible depth and and it's constantly nagging that's the other thing it's not yeah. like a shoulder issue or like even like a back issue where you're like oh i moved weird off oh, it yeah every time i take a step and being at a place where i was knowing what that's like yeah. i feel like that really helped me kind of understand this yeah being at a person that had double plantar fasciitis going to yeah. the doctor getting the inserts I know what it's like to take every step and in the morning, like getting up and limping to the bathroom. I mean, if you're somebody who is as active as I am, I'm on my feet eight hours a day. I'm training myself and the clients. I couldn't make it to the end of the day. My feet were hurting that bad. Yeah. Knowing what it's like to have that and then have something as simple as just changing out your shoes, make that all go away without any help from a doctor. Yeah. That's incredible. It, it is really incredible and it's it's sad too and it's also one of those things where you know you like tell i so i'm from santa cruz and like we're pretty weird we have stickers that say keep santa cruz weird you know we're like <laughs> nice we're definitely wish granted <laughs> it's it's there you know what though it's it's funny but 
um, as much as people care about, um, as much as they care about what they eat, like, you know, all the health food stores they go to and all the diets they're trying and the clothing they're wearing and this and that. When you mentioned like, I, I, I've met these like outdoor, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm trying to offend any hippies, hippie-ish kind of people like Santa Cruz, like these are, you know, the people of Santa Cruz. And I told them what I do and the sandals and why they work. Um, and they just looked at me you know, like I was from another planet. Like what I really? was saying made no sense. <laughs> I would have thought the hippies from Santa Cruz would be the first ones to jump on this kind of a thing. You would, I would th- think, I mean, this is, this has, that's a secret sandal there. This and is, we're not supposed to show that one yet. That was just like for oh, your eyes only. Is it? It is. I he can edit this out, but this is <laughs> sexy. Yeah, it is. Check this out is the box. My- <laughs> This is my favorite shoe. I love the black. I love the trail running, and I love this. The the uh, this is the um, Maximus lacing. Yes, it's it's the Trail Star lacing. Got it. So Trail Star is just like if you think about our sandals, there's just two types essentially, which is a Warache style, which is between the toes, and Trail Star, which is an over the toe, like a Chaco kind of thing. So this is the Warache. Warache. Yes. Warache. What does yeah. that mean? Warache. I should know this, but that's just. Spanish for a sandal, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good enough. Better. I usually like to know the names of things and the meaning, and that one I just ah, it's a sandal. Yeah. Um, but it's usually it has to do with like the between the toe style of lacing, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway. But yeah, in even in Santa Cruz, again, you know, all the health stuff we're they're doing, and they'll just look at you like you're insane. I was kind of saying earlier, like the reason I think it's part of our worldview is what we're doing essentially with shoes mm. the core thing is we're trading short-term pain for long-term harm we make a trade mm. we're making a bargain all the time because you think it's because a great people, way to put it yeah people don't want to deal with the transitional period of no getting... they just don't want to like forget even the sandals as much as i love the sandals why aren't we walking barefoot because it's painful in the beginning it it's hurts painful yeah and, but the pain that you receive from say like not even stubbing your toe, just walking on sand or gravel or having to be slowed down. Like we cannot be slowed down ever. Like that is it's not allowed. Right. And, and, uh, and I say that, like, I feel a kindred spirit with you, Brandon, because I, I see what you're doing here and, um, you got family working for you, friends, all that. And you have a vision for this thing. They're a strict vision. And like, <laughs> Thanks, I, I know you're like having people do crazy stuff all the time. And that's how it is with Shama, uh-huh. you know, and these poor people have to like follow me around and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. And then we're going to add that. And they're just like, what's wrong with this guy? Um, but, uh, in any case, um, yeah, we just trade. We're just trading pain. And we do that all throughout our lives. Think about it. Oh, like yeah. sitting on a chair, you know, we should be squatting. I, I'm a, I have a squatty potty. I'll admit it. Oh yeah. There's so, too. yeah. And like I would, and liver Kings like gotten popular. I would be sleeping on the floor if my wife would allow it. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Doesn't he sleep on like a wood box or something? He's grounded. They're grounded. No, no, no. So, he doesn't yeah. even have a mattress though. He sleeps on like a wood and like a, uh, an animal fur or something. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that sounds yeah. great to me. I really, <laughs> I actually ditched a big pillow years ago. Years ago, I ditched the big pillow. I have like a camping pillow. I just put it under my neck and I want to lay flat. And yeah. I have the firmest mattress that they have. And uh, because I I really think that we've just put all these little helps in here, but we're crippling ourselves. Mm-hmm. I had a friend. Uh, he was a teacher in Japan for a number of years teaching English. And so he went and did that for a few years. He 
he knew Japanese. So this was like a life. He's a total nerd. Love. He actually helped me start the company. Um, great guy. He uh, designed the website, did so much of the initial stuff with Shama for the first like seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And he, but he had taught in Japan for a while. And he said, and we were at this party and I was telling him about squatty potty and the sandals and this and that. And he's like, well, you know, in Japan, a 90 year old man can squat to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. Cause they don't do the, they actually squat. They to, actually squat to relieve themselves. Yeah. How many 90 year old men could go to a full squat here in the United States no. and not without help? Uh, they would die. They would die there. They'd break their They'd hip and fall, fall over and die. Yeah. And like no one, if there's no button, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Only the Kabuki strength guy. He's the only one. Oh my goodness. We, <laughs> have you ever seen, seen that guy? You see that episode? Well, that, uh, actually wait, that hasn't come out yet, right? No. no. Um, is that next? No. Okay, well, regardless, we had on the CEO of Kabuki Strength. He's 72, four, four, 74, 74. Oh. Holds, holds the world record for squat bench dead. He, he, he's unbelievable. Oh, wow. and, and, I mean, he's created one of the greatest exercise equipment companies in the world. But a big portion of that conversation was all around the concept of aging, reverse aging, and, again, how we have this preconceived notion of what it means to get old, the dad bod, the the weight, yeah. the immobility, and he's just a walking representation of the fact that that's not that's not a death sentence. The no. fact that you don't feel and the fact that you don't feel mobile at forty doesn't mean you have to die immobile at ninety. He didn't yeah. start lifting till what? How old did he say? Fifty he was? something, I think. Fifty something 50s. is when he started lifting yeah. weights. I just started doing squats this last year. Um, I got yeah. a squat rack and it was just to help my knee. I'm not doing like big weight or anything like that. If but... I can encourage you in something, it would be to start taking weightlifting seriously. I, I, am not a believer in calisthenics yeah, and, and the fine. longer I go, I, I don't, I do not think it's the right way to go. It's a way to go. You need to be lifting heavy weight. Everybody <laughs> needs to be, everybody needs to be a power lifter. And I know that's a frightening concept to everybody. Everybody <laughs> in the world needs to be doing squat bench dead. Everybody needs to be challenging themselves. Do you say that for bone density or yes. okay. okay for all, all everything? Every, yeah. every single person needs to be exerting themselves in like a six to eight rep range activity, and those three activities are the most impactful multi joint movements we can do. Yeah, squat, bench, and dead. So yeah. do those, and then of course you throw in the all all the different plethora of bodybuilding accessory movements, yeah, yeah. and you need to take care of all the joints and all that stuff. So. You know, you structure your workout around one of those three and then build a whole library of movements yeah. to go with it. We but, need to challenge ourselves. So, but that's basically, you know, what we're just talking about. We're, we forego the pain, um, that little momentary pain. Oh yeah. Pain's not bad. Pain's just a, it's just something our body is just giving us feedback. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes it could be bad if you're getting stabbed or something like that. But if you're just walking around and you're barefoot and you get a scratch on your foot, that's not a big deal. It's just telling you to walk a little lighter, pay a little more attention to what you're doing when you're walking, things like that. And the crazy, so I ran, so I ran 27 miles last week. And then in that I ran about a mile and a half to two miles, completely barefoot, Mm. just completely barefoot. So of 27 miles, one to two was completely barefoot. The other 26 was in the Shamas was in the Shamas in the Shamas. Go to the, um, our Instagram. You could see it right now. And I think I saw this. You had, you had picked up your sandals, right? And you were carrying them. Yeah. There you go. You're not on the screen though, Jake. Sorry about that. At one point I do want to get to how you and Vibram teamed up. Me and Vibram. (laughs) 
Because, but, I mean, the Vibram's on the bottom, right? Yes. I, I'm not imagining that. I will tell you all about Vibram. Okay. Jake, what are you doing, bud? Screen mirror. Uh, you don't have to do any of that. You're doing great. This one, I, right? I have no idea. I can't see your screen. Yeah, I am screen mirroring. It says uh, code. Are you unit to podcast Apple TV? Yes. Or podcast, podcast TV, sorry. Podcast Apple I TV. I appreciate you, Jake. <laughs> I'm serious. This would be me if I was over there. I'd be panicking and asking someone else to help me. Help me. I can't. I can't do this. How did you get thing. to? How did you get to airplay? <laughs> um, one thing I Can love about iPad, one thing I love about your social media is that you are actively trying out your shoes and you are showing people how many miles you're running, um, and you are essentially a product of the product. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your R and D process. Is there like a, a method behind the madness when it comes to creating new sandals and trying them out thousand miles a year and sewing them myself? Okay. <laughs> well, no, but I am serious about that. that. Um, what, as far as, well, please hang on to that question. So it just really quick. I want, people to know that so if you see me running there that was actually the most comfortable i was on the entire run on more asphalt. so than in the in the sandals. even more so than in the sandals because in your when your feet have to actually find the ground like there's no protection there's nothing you will become so much softer of a runner it's crazy and there's even charts on it so like we have if you were to see a chart of the impact a human makes when you run, you mm -hmm. basically have this initial, um, you have two, two peaks. The first one's a little smaller. That's your foot making contact with the ground. And then it kind of drops off for a second and then it loads up higher. And that's when your their final thing is when your when your full leg extends and it's like at its strongest, like it's, it's exerting the most force when against it's pushing the, off the ground when it's pushing off the fort off the ground. And then that drops off and that all happens in like, uh, a couple milliseconds, like three milliseconds sure, or sure. something like that. What do you do for your feet? I mean, for your skin, your calluses, the health of your feet, your toe. I mean, you've got to have a regimen to go with this. People think that your feet have to be super calloused to run barefoot. They don't No, It's skill. It's all about skill. So you, you're not going to, I mean, you may add a little bit more, you know, the skin might be a little thicker or stronger, whatever, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be like this huge calloused mass. It's a more skillful foot. Okay. Ex explain that. Well, you I mean, touch the ground softer. You just, you get better at putting your foot on the ground and lifting it up. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to tell you there's some like magic to it. Instead of like dropping it, you're setting it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, again, if you're landing on your heel, so when you land on your, I was telling you earlier about dorsiflexion. Mm -hmm. So what happens when, you get into that dorsiflexion position, which is like basically you're at a 90, you know, a 90, yeah, yeah, a 90 yeah. degree angle. Well, if you have a big padded heel, you don't come out of dorsiflexion. You stay there. You stay there and you, you land stay like there. this over and over. Yeah. And, and then, um, and so, but the question is, why do you do that? Because the heel is big and in the back and you've got this, actually it's thinner out towards the front of the running shoe. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just land out there? Because the brain won't let you because your body knows your brain knows that you're going to make contact with a soft 
padded surface on your heel on your heel yeah on your foot so if you were to take if you've got a bunch of gym mats somewhere like run on a bunch of gym mats or on a trampoline mm -hmm. and you'll find that you're going to land farther back towards your heel because what happens to people is they like if you've ever, ever seen a gymnast stick a landing right mm -hmm. they get on that big mat they do go off the palm of horse they flip around and they they land and they push in really hard yeah they lock their knees and <laughs> so why do they push in it's rough they push in because until you find something firm your body cannot find equilibrium you can't balance mm -hmm. so you just keep pushing in until you find something firm then your brain's like okay you can lift up now but Got until it. you until so and if you're right, wearing the big thick shoes you're almost never going to find that you firm. never find it yeah and that's yeah okay so what's happening right here is that's hard asphalt and i can find equilibrium in a split second mm-hmm so I don't, don't have to push and grind and turn and twist and all that stuff. I can literally just, I'm sorry, I shouldn't hit the desk. But just touch it and, just and, touch and, it and go, go off of it because it's firm. It's, it's, it's firm. immediate. So a lot That's of people it. that say don't run on asphalt pavement, you say? They don't know what they're talking about, okay. I guess. Any, so you, I mean, because I, not asphalt, but I hate concrete. I hate running on concrete. I don't like running on concrete. It's not. I run on all of it. You run on all of it. I run on trails. I run on, you know, I'll run in the mud. I'll run wherever. Mm -hmm. I just, it just changes. You just, you're, you should be changing the amount of force or how quickly you lift your feet up. Yeah. Um, you should always be basically, you know, fairly upright. You know, tall, mm -hmm. good posture. It's fun. Again, a deep idea. I know you've probably heard of Jordan Peterson. I'm sure everyone has. Of course. We what, went and watched like, him this year. We did. Yeah, we saw him live. He was great. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see him live. Um, but one of his first rules is like stand up straight. Yeah. Right? That is what you should do when you run, when you lift. Yeah. yeah that's a deep concept. Mm -hmm. It's also the way we face the world. Like, yeah. are we afraid of it? Are we cowering? So we have to... Do whatever it takes uh, physically and mentally to stand up straight mm -hmm. and take on the world and not hide from it. Again, when we start putting all this padding and stuff, essentially we're, we're hiding from it. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you feel you feel the difference when you do become a proud runner. I yeah. mean, when I when I, I I peacock hard when I hike, I'm out there, my hair is flowing, I'm sweating. I'm he shirtless. used to have a medicine ball he would carry with him up camelback. I'd see. <laughs> That was hard to stand up straight, but oh yeah, when I when I when I hike or when I run, I mean that to me that's like that's the zone. I'm 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 in it. It's it's great. I love it. And the shoes really did complete the whole ensemble. Uh -huh. It really did add a certain level of. I mean, I think part of this may in fact be just the mental placebo part where I'm like, I know people are going to stop me and they're going to ask me, and sure. I know everyone is going to be like. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, and and that to me, I like it because it then allows me to start the conversation Absolutely. and explain what it is. And I also like it because I know what it's doing for me. Absolutely. And I'm not just feeling like I'm a prouder, stronger. I am. I am a much stronger. And hiking, especially with, I, I don't know how long you guys are here, but you really should go to Camelback. It, sure. it, it is a, it is an anaerobic it's it's hard to find categories like this, but it is a true anaerobic cardiovascular activity. Okay. Because it is, call it a shade under two miles. It's not long, but it is hand over fist, bouldering straight up. You are climbing. You are essentially climbing. I think they said it's, oh, I want to say 300 feet, maybe 200 feet higher than the Empire State Building. 
So you're running straight up the Empire State yeah. Building. And if you do it right, you can do it in comfortably 40 minutes or less. Uncomfortably 30 minutes or less. Uh-huh. And, and you that to me is my, that is my weekly basically challenge. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. You, you got to have those challenges. Um, I, I have, there's, I, I, there's like four or five hills in our County that I run on mm-hmm. that are the hardest, you know, I rank them like which one's the hardest hill in the County, but you need that challenge. You need to push your body We're we're, we're, we're designed for it. We're, we crave it. We need it. Or, and you're outdoors. There's something yeah. about that too. There's something to be said. I think everybody, everyone needs to get out of the gym. Everybody yes. needs to be training in an environment that is not indoors. Well, that's a sec. You were asking about foot health or regimen or anything like that. I think there's actually something really great, a great component to the minimalist thing and barefoot thing. But um, it's like, for instance, you know, little things like having to wash your feet after you run, mm-hmm. have to bend over. Bending over is an important ability that a human has Mm -hmm. and washing your toes and getting in there and you have to have balance and coordination and all that stuff or like imagine if you just put your your hands in gloves your entire life would that really be good for your skin does anyone want to tell me that would be good for your skin no way so get your feet outside and yeah. like feel the air. Well, the sun. I have I have noticed that is one thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I have noticed a significant increase in the health of my feet just in general from wearing specifically sandals because they're open. Yes. The sun is on them all the time. The yep. sun is so good for your skin. Absolutely. It's not good to have them. My, my toes are not. When you're in shoes and socks, socks and shoes, yeah. I mean, come on. This just... I can't believe everybody in the world does it this way forever. Like your, your feet are disgusting. And that's why you have kept them in these like confined, moist, dis- damp area for years. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly, it's kind of contrary to what people think. People are like, oh, your feet must be just disgusting from never yeah, wearing yeah. shoes. I'm like, not actually. It's kind of the opposite. They're My feet way better. were disgusting. They stink. They, 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 they you know, they're white they get dirty. If you're actually wearing sandals, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Your feet stay pretty clean and they don't, they don't stay like, it's not, it's not like it was with shoes. How's your arm? What do you mean? How's your arm outside of your, outside of your shirt? Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do we have to do? You have to take your shirt off if you want your skin health on Mm -hmm. your chest or whatever to match your arms. Yeah. Um, But you said like the sun is so good for you. And that's like that depth thing where, like they're finding out more and like you probably know the science better than this. I heard something and I, I don't know which system it is. Was it the endocrine system where they're finding out more than just getting vitamin D? Like so when you get in the sun, it's also interacting with, you know, one of your I forget your endocrine system or yes. something like yeah. Yes. And so there's like hormones and information being passed when you're out in the sun. And it so like what I think is that um, and I'm a big fan of Dr. Saladino and I wish liver King didn't take, you know, steroids, but we all knew he was, come on, <laughs> come on. Like, but like people get so, primal. so mad. It's, it kills me. Cause like, to me, he's like WWF with a good message. Most of the time. Yeah, that's a good way of putting but, it. Or WWE. Right. But all those things, it's like, what are we learning, um, through all this health, uh, science and all of that? It's we're like when they first discovered the cell or knew about the cell, the concept was it was like a glob, like a, a human cell was just a glob mm-hmm. and of plasma gooey kind of stuff. And we were just stacked 
with those. But then you find out there's just like all kinds of things inside of a cell. Right. We thought that's as small as it went. Yeah. And then, you know, we have those pictures in our heads from when I was a kid, like in biology and high school and stuff. But now you find out that a cell, all of those little parts inside of a cell, they make new parts. They mm -hmm. do stuff and they connect in three dimensions. Oh, yeah. And so we just keep going deeper and we find more and more and more uh, about ourselves that that we um, – you know, we didn't know, and there's so much depth to everything in the human body and how mm -hmm. we interact. But what does that tell us? In my mind, it tells us that that we need to show more respect for ourselves, our bodies, the way we're designed, all of that. And I don't think, I think science, it's, I, I'm not an anti-scientist guy at all, but mm -hmm. it should be leading us to the fact that we just need to be more natural the way we are, mm. you know? Um, yeah. When I was a kid, I remember watching Star Wars and you saw Luke and his family in the first Star Wars and they're drinking blue milk. Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That blue tattooing. Yeah. That tattooing. And you're like, oh man, they must have figured out some really good stuff. And it turns out like that's kind of the modern idea or concept. It's like we were looking at the Cortez earlier. I'm going to fix the human because it's broken. Uh -huh. There's something wrong with the human. We got to give it more padding. We got to give it blue milk. We know that like, you know, if Luke gets his hand cut off, we could just make a robot hand and it's better. Uh -huh. The point I'm trying to make is that the deeper we go, we find out that our bodies and our natural ability are incredible and probably shouldn't be tampered with. Yeah. We, we are a very complex system and rather than try and control a complex system, we need to sort of accept that it is and try and work with it. Mm -hmm. So that's my big concept and it's Work evolved it. over you know a long period of time and we always try to come in with whether it's medical inter interventions or whether it's padding for your footwear we're trying Chairs. to we're trying to mess Chairs. with something that's been in motion for a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> shatterproof glass <laughs> crazy stuff. i mean that's a good thing right there's good you know obviously there's tons of science in the sandals and stuff but yeah we we i think we there's, that's just hubris. So we have to kind of like, I hope, and I, I think I'm seeing that. I think Dr. Saladino is a great example. It's like using a ton of science mm -hmm. and like, okay, well, let's think about this thing. We've gotten a little out of control with oat milk and, you know, and soy milk and all that. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea. Well, what do we actually need? And it turns out it's like, you know, it's all around us. We've got a lot of yeah nutritious things to eat. Absolutely. Ways to be. So Josh, if people wanted to find out more about you, about the sandals, about the footwear, more information on, um, first off, I want to make sure that we get all those books you referenced somewhere sure. in the YouTube channel. We'll, we'll sure. put it in the link or the description, but if they want to know more about what you guys are doing, where would they go? They would go to just to shamasandals.com. You mm -hmm. can go to our website, uh, our Instagram. We've put a lot of time into it in the last year. I'm not saying it's great, but we've put time into it. Perfect. Yeah. You know, there's a there. lot of good education on there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do a better job of that. And I, I want to get the word out. Shama said, and just so you guys know, S-H-A-M-M-A. -M -M yeah. Shama sandals, one word. Uh, yes. I've got to ask real quick. Sure. What about the name? Where did the name come from? It's my middle name. Okay. Yeah. My middle name is Shama. So, uh, my dad, he's a pastor uh -huh. and he, um, you know, uh, I'm not Jewish, but you know, he, and our family's not Jewish, but he, you know, read scripture and in the old Testament, mm -hmm. uh, there's King David and King David had these fighting men. So it's in the end of, um, second Samuel, it yes. lists like all these people that, you know, were associated with him. One of them was Shama. 
And so it was just this middle name that like when class would come up, you know, it come up at the beginning of the year, they'd read your full name. I'd just be like, Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, say my name. Founier. F-O-U-G-N-I-E-S. Is it French? It is. It's yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather be a Jewish warlord. It's not, <laughs> it's not great, <laughs> but yes, I, I empathize. So I just like was scared of it my whole life. And then it came time to, to, um, uh, you know, come up with a name for the company and for a number, I have four daughters and I started, I named my first daughter, Naomi. It was a biblical name. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'd been to seminary and I learned a little bit of Hebrew. I've forgotten most of it now, mm-hmm. but most of the names in the old Testament are words. So that's mm-hmm. what they did. And so my daughter, uh, Naomi probably means like sweetness. Um, my next daughter, Danielle is Dan and L it's just a combination of, uh, the tribe of Dan was the judges and then mm-hmm. L is God. So God is my judge. And then the third one, uh, Hannah is grace or favor. And then the fourth one, Abigail is Abba is father. Mm-hmm. And then it, some kind of derivative joy. So her father's joy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm naming my kids and then I'm like, well, what does my name mean? Yeah. You know? So it's their great prayer. It's the Shema, and it's just the Hebrew verb to hear. So hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord your God is one. And that's my middle name. So they would name, like if you are a patriot here in the United States, you might name your kid Constitution or Independence or Liberty or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was named after their great prayer, and that's the name my dad gave me. I like it. Very and cool. Yeah, very cool. Avo- it's good to know that. I'm glad you asked that. I've avoided saying like making our tagline, listen to your soul or whatever, like uh-huh. Shema. Listen, I feel like that'd be really sacrilegious <laughs> or something awful. You would so. think like, man, he's starting some kind of a movement or something around these sandals. Think of- <laughs> well, I, I've had people like see me wearing these. They're like, hey, are those the uh, new Nazareth 2000s or whatever? <laughs> the, air, the Air Jesus ones. The Air Jesus my, ones. Uh, <laughs> my buddy... Uh, he used to call them Jesus cleats, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, and they're, they're making a pun, but that's what people wore for thousands of years. Oh yeah. That's not an accident yeah. either. Like they, they could have strapped a bunch of cotton in a wool pad and made something. They didn't. They think, wore sandals. Yeah. Think how much more comfortable their whole society was. And how much more active. And think active, about, I mean, they healthier. You, you would die if you, if, Two thirds of the population of the world would be dead if we didn't have the technology to keep them alive. Think of, like, what if just insulin disappeared? How many thousands of people would just drop dead on the highway? <laughs> it would just be. It's yeah. No, we are a very, very coddled group of pink monkeys that yep. just get to exist on this earth. It's really sad. Yeah, and and again, that's that whole thing where you know we know better. And like, so what would the modern man do? They'd rush back there. Oh my gosh, they're not wearing shoes with padding. <laughs> We got to save them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You know, and it's just kind of our hubris, I think. Yeah. So. But I love it, man. I, I really admire what you're doing. I personally love it. It's personally helped me, and I know it's helping a lot of other people. So that is why you and I are, you know, so closely niched. Like I said, I, I'm kindred toward what you're doing as well. And thank you so much for bringing these to me. I appreciate them. You know, I love them. I'm going to keep wearing them yeah. literally my entire life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cut it right there, Thanks bud. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks for coming on, bud. Anytime.